Discologist is brought to you in part by Osiris Media. If you love live music, if you love music in general, and I know you do because you're listening to this right here, head on over to OsirisPod.com and find all the great shows up there uh, like Freak Flag Flying with David Crosby, uh, Dead to Me, uh, our sister podcast hosted by Casey Ray, Broke Down Pod hosted by our friend Jonathan Hart. Find all that and more at OsirisPod.com who are partnered with Jambase to bring you not just podcasts and videos, but live events as well. Osiris Media, killing it on the regular. Now let's get on with the show. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. Welcome back to another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, and we are so happy to have you here hanging out with us in a tiny shack off the coast of Lake Michigan here in uh, lovely Bayview or Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, got a great show for you today. Going to be talking about a little super group here, Bonnie Light Horseman, uh, made up of some Honestly, some of our favorite artists. Uh, joining me on the show today is Mr. Wes Covey. Thank you, sir. Um, when I say to you, Supergroup, what comes to mind? <laughs> Generally, Yankees. Yeah, that's, that's about that. Usually when I hear the word Supergroup, I'm like, wow, yeah. I'm about to hear a bunch of players from groups that I've never heard of before that somebody <laughs> wants to call a Supergroup because they have other bands. Right, right. <laughs> that right. doesn't make you a Supergroup. However, in this case... The third guitar player to join Blue Oyster Cult playing right. with, like, getting kicked out of sticks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think normally that is the case. I think there's been a few through history that... Uh, that uh, you could point to uh, they're escaping me now, so apparently they weren't that super. Yeah, they, um, I but feel like but I must think be a couple. Yeah, but I think what we have kicking off here in 2020 is an actual super group. Uh, Bonnie Light Horseman is it, it started as this sort of uh, collaboration at uh, Justin Vernon Bonnie Vare's uh, Eau Claire Festival in 2015, and they did this thing where they everybody was encouraged to jam with other people, and it's a small festival. It's out in the middle of nowhere, north. Uh, Northwest Wisconsin, and uh, from all accounts, I was not there, but from all accounts, this was magical. This was like, this is where the Bluebird Project became a reality uh, from Sanborn and Rosenau, uh, and, and or Rosenau and Sanborn, and, you know, so they, they were up there, and over the years, they just sort of, since then, they just sort of pursued this. Uh, they did a residency at the uh, Vernon and Dessner from the National did a thing in Berlin, I think this is like a year or two ago. And these three, uh, Anais Mitchell, Eric Johnson, and Josh Kaufman, met up there after doing the thing in Eau Claire and said, oh, we have the real thing going on. And if those names sound familiar, it's because uh, I believe Anais Mitchell just won a Tony. 
Yeah, she's like slipped. It's, it's a funny thing because she's. I've been kind of keeping my eyes on her for a while. She's from Vermont yeah. originally, I believe. Right? Yeah, at least some Vermont connections, and just you know, other than me, not many Vermonters really make it that huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so accurate. Uh, so I, um, you know, it's always just kind of fun to see like some of the people. And so I've been kind of keeping my eyes on her, and um, and I admit she's somebody who I've like long meant to spend more time with. Um, but yeah, suddenly catapulted from like respected songwriter without a doubt yep. like she's been you know critically acclaimed for a long time i don't she think that on, well known she um, was on righteous babe amy defranco's yeah uh, yeah exactly for a long like, time yeah some credentials you know mm-hmm. for, and and has been drawing attention again like at least critically if not um at least from my understanding like huge commercial success um but then suddenly yeah kind of exploding into musical theater or whatever exactly you want to call that i i haven't seen that show though actually uh, uh hades town I'll, um, I'll tell you how big it is it got afloat in the macy's day parade well that is impressive i didn't right I you did, did? Yeah. no no neither yeah, of us and <laughs> I, I did they oh, okay it, well uh, yeah, they, they right. cut it for time fine um but but no um you know and she'd been working on this for a while as an album which often happens you know this is what happened with hamilton yeah right it was yeah. supposed to be an album and then all of a sudden it explodes into <laughs> the biggest musical of all time but joining her you know eric johnson we know him for fruit bats uh one of my favorite groups they put out one of my favorite albums last year Josh Kaufman was is sort of the odd man out here, but he's really not if you look into him. And what was fascinating, um, because the first two come with immediate cachet. I mean, you know the names, you know what they do, you know what to expect. Josh Kaufman, along with Eric Johnson, they're both deadheads, pretty pretty big deadheads. Uh, but the difference is Josh uh, actually works with the members of the dead now. Uh, he, he was in the Move Me Brightly band. There's a documentary celebrating Jerry Garcia's 70th uh, birthday uh, at Bob Weir's studio. He co-produced the Day of the Dead compilation, which I'm not sure, but I think a nice was on there somewhere uh, because she was opening up. She was open up for Bonnie Vare for yeah. a tour, uh, but he also produced. And we were talking about this the other day. Uh, Bob Weir's solo album, which is first in 40 years, I think since Ace even uh, Blue Mountain, that came out a couple years ago. He did work with uh, Josh Ritter and stuff, and Josh uh, produced it. And if you haven't heard this album, it's fantastic. Lovely. Record. It, it it is it is where uh, a lot of people, myself included, made the turn into like, okay, Bob's gonna steal all my, my cocaine. To Bob is like this like serious wizard, and has this heart and pathos that and 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 that's carrying the you know the back portion of his career now. Uh, so I, I suggest you check that out. But point is, uh, these people are are like the Avengers, man. They 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 all have these immense superpowers, and they come together and they form this thing. It was based on uh, a love of uh, old English music, sometimes centuries old. I want to hit on the title track here for a second, just so people who aren't familiar with them uh, can get what we're talking about. So, and, and you'll you'll know <laughs> you'll know what you're listening to. Uh, Real quick, uh, just, you know, get comfortable in your hobbit hole, kids, because here comes Bonnie Light Horseman. Napoleon Bonaparte, you're the cause of my woke, since my Bonnie Light Horseman, in the war he did go, broken hearted I wonder, broken hearted I remain, since my Bonnie Light Horseman, in the war he And if I had wings 
wings to fly I would fly over the ocean Where my own true love does lie I would fly over the ocean And I'd light upon the plain Where my bunny light was mine And the war he was slain Oh, Napoleon Bonaparte You're the cause of my wound Since my bunny light was mine And the war he did go Broken hearted I wonder Broken hearted So I think there's so many interesting things um, with this group in general. Um, one of the things that I think, it, you know, I just kind of wanted to to mention is unlike many of the albums, this is actually literally a folk album. Um, and it's funny because usually when things are described as folk albums, like they're not actually literally folk music. Folk music is when you are actually, you know, looking at the definition is traditional music. If you are writing songs, it's technically not folk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's admittedly pushing a point beyond where most people care to go. Um, but it's just kind of interesting to say, like, here is the first, I think, you know, really, really solid, uh, potentially even great folk album of the year um, because yeah. they're going back to all these traditional tunes. Um, and I just think, you know, that's something that I think is really interesting. I, I happen to love this kind of music. I'm a huge fan of Burt Janch. I'm a huge fan of John Renborn and Pentangle. Um you know, a lot of those related projects. Um, and so some of these songs are very familiar. Um from a lot of those players but it also just kind of um there's something about going back to really old music in our times right now that i think um it seems like a lot of people are kind of turning that way um and in some really interesting ways um you know there's a couple quotes um that that were sent along with the pr sheet uh, for Mm -hmm. this album um you know, Anais Mitchell saying it was very healing to delve into these old stories and images that have existed for so long that you can rest in them. Mm-hmm. And I just really like that because this is a very soothing album in a lot of ways. You know, it's a very pleasant listen. Um, it's a very pretty album, um, but it is expressing a lot of emotions also. And, um, you know, there's some comments from members of the group about, you know, humans are still humans. Hundreds of years yeah. ago in the British Isles, now, like... You know, there's a great Josh, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Eric Johnson quote um, when he, he said something along the lines of, um, you know, people now, um, you know, still just want to kind of like go out and have fun and have sex and like all these other things. Like it's the same yeah. motivations, the same goals and all of that. We obviously have different pressures now, um, but those same emotions definitely carry through. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that she refers to this as a comfort in and and you speak of the pressures that are different and stuff because like, like you said, and they acknowledge that, uh, you know, Humans are just humans, as much as we'd like to think uh, we we evolve and stuff. It's it's really not that complicated. I I don't think at least. Uh, but what's fascinating about this, I think too, is is when you get to an album that's comforting, it's often really hard to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. I know I know both of us were. What what do we even say? Yeah. I think both of us have probably spent a lot of time with this and like enjoy it a lot and really like it. It's a really right. good album, you know, but but that we can say that, you know, we can just go back and forth. You know, Wes, it's a really good album. Kevin, yes, it is a really good album. Wes, <laughs> I enjoy the album because of its being good. You know, yeah. that's not going to be a podcast. Yeah, no, no, it's not. But uh, but 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 I feel like, uh, you, you know, sometimes that's actually necessary and sometimes 
you don't maybe you don't need to say more about this. I, I, this is um for lack of a better term i mean this is this is just uh, uh pure pop right i mean it's it's so satisfying pure pop from the 1600s yeah pure pop from the 1600s <laughs> but but yes i mean it is like the reason that we connect with pop music you know this is something that you've addressed a number of different times on some of the um you know other episodes that you've had we connect with pop music and and you know a lot of people there's been this kind of like revitalization of being allowed to connect to pop music mm -hmm. um in some ways which has been an interesting conversation and i think a lot of people you know shut themselves down from that side in particular people who are big music fans you know there's been a tendency for a while to kind of say like oh no you know that's too big that's you know not experimental enough it's not pushing things forward enough like whatever that is and and sure, obviously, that has music that is pushing things forward, that is futuristic, you know, all of that. Like, it obviously has a huge place. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes looking back and reflecting has a huge place, too. And I don't know. I mean, is it just coming to the end of a decade, um, coming into a new decade? Obviously, that causes a lot of reflection. Um, the general times that we're in, um, you know, as a country and as a world um, is causing a lot of reflection for a lot of people. Um you know, I know my, I myself having just turned 40, like that in itself causes a lot of reflection. You spend a right. lot of time looking right. back over things and trying to make sense of, you know, how you got here and where you are now and things like that. And um, I'm not going to sit and reflect and meditate on those ideas listening to The Comet is Coming. Futuristic, yes. pushing yes. forward into something new where bands haven't yeah. gone before, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But I can put this on, or I can put on Bert Jancher, John Renborn, or you know, some of those uh, people who did this style so well um, in previous decades, um, and it can definitely take me there. I, yeah, I want to. I want to talk about how this resonates and resonation in, in music and stuff. But for that, what, what track on this, like, what what moment on this album really resonated with you the most? as you sort of hinted earlier from the first notes of this album you get a real clear feel for what it's going to be mm. as you know a listening experience um i when i first got my hands on it and looked at the track list um i was both really excited and a little bit afraid um to see blackwater side on there <laughs> um yeah this is a song that has a long story longer than we we're going to have time to get into um in this you know, in this show here, but um, but it's a song. You know, it, it is a traditional tune. Um, it's been done by tons of different players. Um, perhaps most famously, or like the guy who I think is is I think honestly many people credit Bert Janch with writing the song. Um, yeah. And I think it's because he just did a version of it that was so authentically his own um, and really kind of seems to capture the essence of that song um, in many different ways. And um, you know, I've mentioned him a couple times already. He's one of my favorite guitar players. He's one of my favorite musicians. Um, I admit that that song has something of a kind of holy place for me, um, and we'll, you know, let's take a listen. That's not the promise that you gave to me when first you lay on my breast. You can make me believe with your lying tongue that the sun rolls in the west. The west. Sun 
sorted history with that song, but uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Like you, you can said, look it up. It's... It is too long to get into, but uh, I assure you it's entertaining. Um, you know, on the issue of resonance, and, and this is where this album is really working for me and where stuff like this really works for me and is is more about like how I think we should start looking at music in 2020. Uh, you, you know, we mentioned that it's hard to talk about stuff like this because I don't necessarily, I don't know that this is meant to live on a record. You know, when you consider what music is, what musicians are, uh, what a live performance is versus what a recorded performance is, you know, if the goal is for people to form a connection and not just to like sort of wave your flag and say, look, I'm super talented, look at me. Which I, I, I think the uh, the goal here is is the former on here. Not just not just on this album, from all these artists, from what I know about all these artists. Uh, then what is more worth celebrating um, than necessarily just this piece of work is that these people are now out in the world and you can go see them. Mm-hmm. And how important it, I think, could be... Uh, for someone to just experience people who can do this, mm-hmm. you know, in front of other people that that are that are creating this mood, creating this this type of uh, stuff, updating these old English songs, uh, and and like we said, finding that they have total relevance in today's society. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you, you know, you've got Jessica Pratt to my mind does a lot of work like this, and it hits me in the same way. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is. Uh, that somebody can almost stop time and do something that forces you to just uh, just sort of relax with, luxuriate yeah. with. Uh, and, and for that, I think the album is a complete uh, and utter triumph. It's, it's not, uh, like you, I was not terribly familiar with uh, Mitchell's work. Um, and I just found out that about Josh Coffin, but but Eric is you know we've had him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fruit Bats, I'm very familiar with him. This is so hilariously like in his wheelhouse. Yeah, it is. You know yeah. what he's writing about is especially on the last album. As much as people like to label it as some sort of weird like disco type stuff, uh, it, it's his songs are about these these ancient human connections and these ancient human and basic human emotions that we all have to deal with uh and most of us don't often deal with too well or and not to our, not not to our detriment like it's not our faults necessarily it's like sometimes it shit's hard it's really challenging stuff and it's i mean it's one of the important things about music you know this is yeah 
music, I mean, you know, two of the things you just talked about, that part, music, music helps us comfort, music helps us find a way through our challenging times. You know, when we think about Patrick Watson and his album, you know, one that really, you know, you and yep. I both really connected with last year, that's all about an individual going through really challenging times and finding his way through it. And, um, you know, that helps other people then do that. And then music brings people together. It connects them. Um, you know, one of the other quotes um, from the PR sheet that I really liked, the timeless qualities of traditional tunes can carry us across oceans and eons, linking us not only to the past, but to each other as well. And I think that yeah. part is really essential in understanding, you know, what you're saying about about what they're trying to do here, you know, and it really is a triumph in that because I think it can bring people together. This is an album that I think would be unlike some attempts at modernizing old music. I think this is an album that would appeal to a lot of the people yeah. who are fans of the traditional British stuff. It would appeal to a lot of people who are fans of each of these groups or, or in the case of somebody like Josh Kaufman, who's less of a well-known name, but like you've heard him a lot of different times, you know, he's done, you've, you've heard his work in yeah. a lot of different ways. Um, and, um, you know, being able for the three of them to come together and just some of those things, you know, it, it sounds a little cheesy, but it is absolutely a thing that the harmony of voices represents this type of connection of two people coming together and in some ways doing that through voice is even more authentic than doing it through instruments yeah, um, for sure. you know so when you hear particularly on on this song here um mitchell and johnson's voice is blending so beautifully um you know that really it really does something and it's it's an interesting thing when you look at how artists can play with an older song um and treat it with respect and reverence while still updating it and you know that's something that i think is essential in any form of art because you know we've talked about this before nothing nothing is completely new you know if you hear something no. you think it's completely no. new you just don't know its influences well and there's a genius in recognizing what you what your part can play in this and what yeah. part you want to do like you know people so often just fuck shit up by mm -hmm. by being like i have to totally reinvent this uh where they don't and what this is this is my favorite moment on the album uh, this track, Deep in Love, which is the second track. So it comes right after Bonnie Light Horseman. If you had told me that it was a Fruit Bats song, mm -hmm. I just would have believed it. And and But he, I don't think he got there by just having necessary style. I think this took his career and also this connection he had with them there to do this song, Deep in Love. This is fantastic. So here's a little bit of that. Down in the valley, the first of Gathering flowers, both fresh and gay. Gathering flowers, both red and blue.
So one thing that I think this record does really, really well, um, you know, you just made the point of a lot of artists feeling like they have to make such dramatic changes to the old material um, in order to keep it current or relevant or whatever you want to call it. I think the flip side of that is that a lot of artists feel like they can't do that. You know, this song is, and, and uh, you know, when I when I mentioned Blackwater Side being a little afraid seeing it on there, it's because that song, you know, I haven't liked all the versions of it. And, and you know, there's sometimes, and, and I'll say when she started singing the melody of that, she changes it. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, hang on. And then <laughs> right, she right. works it so nicely back right. into right. the more traditional type of the melody. And it's just like, right, that's what a really good artist can do. And I think that's something that's coming through on both of these songs, um, you know, taking people who are, working with something that's so authentic to the past while still feeling really contemporary part of that's production part of it's just the talent of these three yeah and and you have to remember too like how this was created you know talking about their connection is for whatever reason they all gravitated to this kind of music mm -hmm. and and i don't know if that's because of what they've been doing uh how, how exactly they landed here but it it, it what is so clear is that they all got there. Mm -hmm. About two-thirds of this album was recorded like in like a week session yeah. in Berlin. Yep. And so this isn't like overthought, overwrought folk music. Maybe have a weird folk song in that's specifically about our times. You know, like the the election machine working, uh, isn't working blues or something. You know, this isn't any of that. This is, this is again, just honoring uh, these songs, this history, uh, our our humanity, how we got here. This is uh, what not everything can do, and not everything should be this. But uh, for me, it's been a while since I've I've heard something like this that accomplishes all these things uh, with such honestly. It's they make it seem so easy too. Yeah, and and for what I understand, is a fairly smooth process. I think that's part of right. why it sounds so easy. You know, like. It's impressive to hear how quickly it came along, and yet at the same time, you kind of just imagine that there was like, you know, somebody just sees these three, you know, traveling minstrels walking past, yeah. and like, oh, I happen to have microphones in my home. Would you like to come in and record some songs? And they just right. do it in an afternoon, you know? Right, and right, so right. Like... And, and, you know, so there's some other instrumentation that shows up later on this. I think there's some saxophone. It's all, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just so everything is tasteful. Everything uh, is perfect. It feels like something. Uh, that you've always listened to, and a danger in albums like that is that you you tend to like leave those behind, mm -hmm. or you find one example of that. But I, I guess what I'm arguing for is like maybe this should be your one example of that. Yeah, if, knowing knowing how we all listen to music, if you're gonna reach for something like this now in 2020, I think this this gets to the top of that pile. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything in a while that I think would do would would serve that purpose as well as this does. Um, one of the problems that can definitely come up with that kind of thing is that it's really enjoyable for a couple listens and then gets boring pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and I will admit that I kind of wondered if this album was going to do that. Um, you know, I listened to it the first time, really, really enjoyed it, um, put it on again, um, and was kind of like, okay, how am I going to react to this a second time? Am I going to feel like it's a little dull or am I going to feel like it's soothing and comforting because um, honestly to be soothing and comforting there has to be a certain amount of dullness in there you know you it, it's what i said about it. i don't yeah, I reach for the common is coming i don't reach for um you know to, you're not going to go for clipping um if you're looking no. for uh, something that's really going <laughs> to push you in that no. way or like more mother you know there's all this you stuff know, that is amazing and forward pushing but this just does it right and the opposite of that though is also true is that you know you can listen to this the first time and not necessarily hone in on it mm-hmm 
because you feel like something, and that was my experience where you feel like, oh, I've heard this, but 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 trust us, dear yeah. listener, there is there is mighty reward to be had digging into this stuff. You uh, know, I do is... a lot of thinking about when I hear something that I like. Is this something that is going to deserve the number of listens for me to really get to know the songs? Yeah. And this one absolutely yep. is. Like, take the time. Um, as I said, I, I really enjoyed it on the first listen, but I didn't... I, I couldn't have told you, like, okay, you know, here here's the track list afterwards, or, like, here was my favorite song afterwards. You know, it okay. was just kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. it, because partially because it, it is a type of music that can work in the background. Um, but it's definitely worth spending some time with this one. What's your over-under on the number of listens per song that, that takes that in general? For, for for just any other any normal yeah just album. like you, you put on a song and you're like that's interesting and stuff but uh, like what would you say is like the number of listens it's sort of like the uh, three licks to the center of a tootsie pop yeah right um, it's uh, I mean less than to the center of a tootsie pop let's get that one out but um, I would say probably like I mean I will listen to a lot of albums two or three times and then realize that I'm bored. If I'm getting to five listens, I'm probably pretty into that album. Um, was you know, that a dig at Sturgill Simpson, though? No, we won't talk about the, like, 48 yeah, yeah. seconds that I made it through that new album. <laughs> okay. um, no, I listened to, to a whole track and then the beginning of the second one and then decided to cut that one short. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I think somewhere around five is probably my magic number at that point. Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, that I've commented on before about this show and that you and I have talked about, I have a hard time with lyrics. And so that, that is one of the things. Like, if I'm going to really get to know the songs, yeah. I need to take the time. I need to listen in the car where I'm not doing something else. Or I need to listen with headphones when I'm, um, you know, doing something that I'm not thinking about as much, you know, something like that. Uh, but it does take me a little bit of time uh, to connect with the lyrical part. Um. Yeah, but but this one is do it. Yeah, I, I I think that's a common experience, and I think I, my message is to people is just slow down, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. We're running like, too fast in so many. We're running ways, too fast. This album can help you slow down. It can help you slow down, and 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 if you spend time, uh, I've been spending more time not just listening to music, which seems kind of crazy, but that it's actually. There is time to do that uh, and, and making music. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, what you find when you do that and don't think about what it's supposed to mean, don't think about, uh, oh, this person, who's going to like this or what mm -hmm. did it get rated? None of that. Just when you put it on uh, and you just listen to it, you find you come out in this, what is this, like a 37-minute album? Mm -hmm. You know, half an hour to 40 minutes later, you come out a different person. Yeah. And and with this, I think you come out a better person. Yeah, I would. I definitely agree. So, uh, so this is uh, uh, this is a must. I think you got to have this, right? Yeah, this one. It's th this is really strong. <laughs> it's very early <laughs> in the year to be talking yeah. about anything like <laughs> favorite or best of or anything like that. But I just I I have a feeling that I'm going to be listening. I, I have been listening to this a lot, and I have a feeling I'm going to yeah. continue returning to it throughout the year. Um, and, you know, I, also, of course, a lot of what we're looking for as music fans is those albums that you're going to turn back to in five years and ten years. And I wouldn't be too surprised if this one ends up on that list. For sure. For sure. It is a classic. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks for hanging out, Wes. Uh, coming back, we're going to play some uh, a little more tunage at the back end of this. I think you're going to like it. So hang tight. I dreamed a dream the other night. No lands away. Dreamed I saw my own true love 
Bonnie Light Horseman's self-titled LP is available everywhere Friday. You can go out and get it. You can uh, There's some pre-order specials on that. There's some really cool stuff. Uh, and hopefully they are coming to your town. I'm not sure if they're coming here uh, to Milwaukee, uh, but if they are, maybe uh, you guys can come over and uh, have some ramen. Eric's had some ramen that we make here. Uh, that'd be cool to hang out and chat with Bonnie Light Horseman. Uh, but remarkable. Um, thanks to Wes for hanging out, too. Uh, before we get out of here today, uh, we dig a lot of music that isn't like these bigger releases and stuff. And one I want to talk to you about is a, an album called Lonesome Road. It's an EP uh, by a guy named Alan Barnowski. He is a flat-picking guitarist, so sort of bluegrass, sort of folk, uh, from down around the Durham, North Carolina way. And uh, this is very much in the folk vein that you just heard. It's a little more modernized. I think what I really love about what he's doing is that it feels, um, it doesn't feel old-timey, uh, but it, it is super competent in the way. When you go to see bluegrass, you want to see people play their fucking ass off. And this, this gentleman certainly can play his fucking ass off. Uh, my favorite track on this EP is, uh, it's, it's a funny fucking song, dude. It's just a great song. Uh, so here's here's Ain't It a Shame off of Alan Barnowski's uh, new EP, Lonesome Road. God bless my good friends who take such fine care of me. They clap my back and laugh and say, I fall for every good woman I see. Oh, so let you down easy. I'm like a hill horn walking king. But not you, Gail. You're weighing down heavy over my leg Ain't it a shame? I hate for your name. I'm calling across the river like a whooping crane. Ain't it a shame? Oh, hey, I love you. And your own man don't. I walked a many of my hoes. In a many a stinking shoe I know enough about mistakes To see the love he's lost for you but Don't let me deter you I go the way I came Is to keep me easy on your mind Should you wonder what might have been Ain't it a shame It couldn't be more plain Trying to keep a fire in the cold, hard rain Ain't it a shame The way I love you And your own man don't Well, 
anytime you want to I guess just to call home me I'll leave these good old boys behind And they'll toast my memory Ain't it a shame what could have became You wear your heart like a ball and a chain Ain't it a shame right there from Al Barnowski. I uh, love that song. Uh, it's a great little EP. Go out and get it. You can get it everywhere. You can get fine music. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes for, for all the places you can uh, reach out and find out more about him. Uh, I would expect he's going to be touring at some point. And uh, I don't know, man. Everybody, just come to Milwaukee, everybody. It's a cool town, and, and we love this kind of music up here. You don't have to, don't have to be in the South to appreciate some good old picking uh, that is it for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, hit us up on all the socials. You know what those are. It's at Chunky Glasses. If you don't, and coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the new album from And You Shall Know Us by The Trail of Dead. I just talked about that with PJ Sykes, so get excited for that one. Going to be talking about Destroyer uh, has a new album coming up. Uh, and uh, I am threatening everybody with a episode about Phil Collins. But we'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. At the very least, we're going to be talking about Aha, I think, coming up. And uh, John Moreland has an EP, or an LP coming up. It's called LP5. It's fantastic. Uh, just lots and lots of good music. And uh, maybe we'll circle back and uh, see what we missed. If there's something that you want to hear us talk about on Discologist, reach out. Hit me up at Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com and say, Hey, man, I've been really digging this album, and I would love to have you guys talk about it. And uh, not only will we talk about it, maybe we'll get you on to talk about it. It'll be a good old time. Uh, That's it. We are out of here. Stay safe out there, everybody. We'll talk to you a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears. but be better to your people. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!